podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name, unfortunately, is not Gianni, as much as that would be really cool. My name's David, and today I am joined, of course, by Ali in the usual Sunday evening slot for an episode of FPL Winners. I've stepped in for Gianni um, due to some unforeseen circumstances, but I'm looking forward to this one, to be honest, to pick the brains of the current defending FPL world champion after we come to this video pretty much on the full-time whistle of a modern-day classic of Premier League football as Chelsea have just finished a four-all draw with Man City. So it's all going on, isn't it, Ali? What a weekend of football. Uh, it's been an amazing uh, game week for, I think, for neutrals, for the uh, fans of the teams, basically. Thanks for stepping in, by the way. Uh, we don't do, the, do this usually, but uh, I'm glad to have you uh, with us today. So uh, looking forward to today's show. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's been a good game week uh, for people. Um, good game week for both of us, I think. We're both over about 75 points. Uh, we're going to have a look at our teams in a minute. Uh, lots of goals. We've had uh, Salah delivering. We've had Haaland delivering uh, as well. And of course, we're about to head into an international break. So there's plenty of time for people to stew over what's happened in the last couple of days. And what we're going to do in this video, as we normally would on a Sunday night, uh, we're going to have a look at how our teams got on, any uh, particular issues that we're going to be dealing with ahead of the next game week. And of course, we're going to have a look at... A a bit, we have a bit of a focus on some of today's big games. Now, if you want uh, some loads of information on the Saturday games, there's the Stats of the Day podcast, which is on the Fantasy Football Scout podcast channel. So go give that a listen if you want some information on the Saturday games uh, as well. We're going to largely focus on Sunday today with a bit of a focus on Saturday. Um, but yeah, as Ali says, it's been a really successful week so far. Now, we're heading into the international break, uh, which is always, in my opinion, the best time to sign up for Fantasy Football Scout membership. You can save 20% currently on on those prices there's an advert on the screen right now if you would like to know some of the uh, the great benefits you're going to get from having that membership when you've got time to pause and make some decisions some statistics are always very very helpful so do uh, sign up uh, for that so we're going to come and have a look at your team and how it's got on so far uh, well actually not so far the game week's over isn't it the game week is now officially done how your team got on in game week 12 Ali I'm going to stick that on the screen and before I come to you to talk us through it and if you could list through which players you've got for the benefit of the podcast listeners that'll be helpful as well uh, just in to those of you watching along in the chat at the moment, we've got Dave, we've got Joe, and we've got Gary uh, all joining us so far. Let us know how you got on in game week 12. Did you have a good game week, bad game week? If you've got any um, questions about what you can do for game week 13, let us know and we'll get those filing into chat whilst Ali tells us about a 76-point game week with Captain Salah. So are you feeling good? Yes. Finally a green arrow. So uh, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while since I got one. So um, I had Ariola in goal. Uh, not much of a use at the moment from the West Ham uh, defense. I had Cash, who I think Villa uh, forgot how to keep clean sheets. <laughs> yeah, they've been, uh, even though they were dominating, they've been dominating games recently, but still like, managed to uh, concede an odd goal. I had Gehi for some reason. Uh, I don't know, it was a last minute decision. I, I figured. Shimikas on the bench hurts uh, a lot with 15 points, but I uh, I had a weird feeling that um, Palace would you know keep it clean. So my third defender <clears throat> was Gabriel, also with an unlucky clean sheet wipeout when uh, basically I think uh, Arsenal was really really solid at the back in that game and didn't really uh, concede a lot of chances. So. Um, uh, 
my midfield looks like Foden, Adingra, uh, Son, Salah, and Martinelli. So um, Adingra got me nice nine, nine points with a goal and, uh, and bonus. So um, Foden didn't really do much in a four goals thriller. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's uh, after playing 90 minutes, I mean, you would think that he would at least get a assist or something, but um, nothing for Foden. Martinelli as well. Son without Madison, I don't think he had uh, a lot to do in that game. Uh, Holland was a 16-pointer. I think it was a good result. I expected a lot of goals in this game, but not this many. <laughs> and uh, basically, that's that. That was the reason behind uh, captaining Salah was a 16-pointer. So uh, Watkins scored his goal, of course. Uh, I think overall it was a good game week and uh, I'm on a green arrow with basically 500k uh, jump in my overall rank. Uh, I could have been much, much better if I had I played Simicas, of course, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it didn't go my way. It's, it's fine. I'm happy with the green arrow at least. Mm. How did you do? Uh, well, uh, well, I'll stick my team on the screen uh, briefly, and then we'll come we'll come back to yours in a sec to, to zone in on some specific issues. I feel really bad about this because I've just put my team on the screen, and I did actually start Shimakas. I I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my hands up now. I'm gonna say I'm sorry. Um, there's people out there that have him on the bench, and I and I feel bad about it. But um, uh, well, we'll start with Shimakas because I think if you benched him, I think it's going to be easy to beat yourself up about it. And I say this obviously from the position of privilege having started him but I nearly benched him as well I think it was a bit it was a big 50-50 for a lot of people and uh, the only reason in the end that I started him was because I was so short of options on the bench I've still got a Stupinan and I've still got Van de Ven because I had other flags I needed to deal with and I was I'm happy to deal with those two flags after the international break and I was relatively confident-ish that the three defenders I'd gone with would probably be okay earlier on in the week when my plans uh, involved fewer flags Shimakas was on my bench. He was on my bench from my bus team for all the reasons we talked about in the week, right? So, you know, the, the, the bad performance on the Thursday night, um, the fact that, you know, uh, this particular game might might call for Gomez again and being able to bring that set-piece defensive um, ability that Shimakas doesn't have, for example. So all of the reasons that um, convinced a lot of people to bench Shimakas nearly led to me doing the same thing. So whilst it is annoying... Uh, I think if you're out there, and there's a few people in the chat as well, and you've benched Shimakas for this game week, I don't really think we could have really seen that coming. And we're going to have a look at some of his numbers from the game uh, shortly. Um, I think he's a definite hold. It really hurts if you've benched him. Um, I, he was a big differential for me, so he was a big part of the success I've had so far this game week. The rest of my team, I also trusted in Palace. I've had Anderson since game week one, and I thought I'd double down on it for this week. And for, well, for the next few weeks, the fixtures are good. So I got Flecken out, Johnston in. But then, of course, Everton conceded three goals. And I feel a bit silly because I've been talking Everton up for weeks now and saying, hey, look, they're not actually as hard, easy a fixture as we thought they were. And, of course, that's come to bite me when I double down on Palace defence. But the rest of the team's done well. So Cash uh, only got the two, but I got five points for Saka, six for Diaby, 16 for Salah, eight for Bowen. I brought Bowen in as my Madison replacement. Captain Haaland for 32 points. So actually, thankfully, whether we captain Salah or Haaland didn't matter. Same score. Um, so I think owning both is, is the secret and captaining one of them. Uh, Alvarez got me five points. So 92 points in the end, up to 39k. 
So I'm pretty pretty happy with where I'm at at the moment. Um, but a little bit of jam, I will admit, because the only reason I started Shimmercast was because of those injuries. So, yeah, I mean, is, is that... We'll come back to your team and put your team back on the screen. Um, the Shimmercast on the bench, you, you obviously you mentioned it hurts, but I'm hoping some of what I've said there is maybe help to live with that. You know, you've got a green arrow anyway, so sometimes you just have to take the positives and run, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's it's always, uh, when you have a good bench, uh, when you're rotating your defend, defenders, you, you can expect most of them uh, sometimes deliver points. And um, in my case, I think it was just, uh, uh, you, you cannot expect a lot from the central defenders, I mean, center backs, uh, and I had two of them with <laughs> Gabriel and Gehi. And uh, sometimes when, you know, Cash is bumming forward, I think he had a good couple of chances in there. But uh, Shimikas, uh, you could have predicted him to, to start up because, to start the game, because uh, Gomez played like nine, three 90 minutes in a row. And uh, it was a change of a it's a tactical change when uh, Shimikas or Gomez play. So th- these are two different setups for uh, Liverpool. That's why I wasn't certain. And I was quite sure that uh, Brentford would score away at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, that that played a part. So uh, I, I don't beat myself too much because I, I bet it on uh, Brentford scoring. So um, it's it's all good. I mean, I'm I'm positive. I have two transfers coming in, going into our international break, and I'll be doing a lot of research and I'll probably do a mini operation on my team. Maybe take a minus four just to square things um, and improve drastically. Hopefully. Mm. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, was what your transfer setup was for the next uh, couple of weeks. We'll come on to that in just a second. Uh, great to see some more of you uh, jumped into the live chat. Um, we've got 218 of you watching live, but only 14 of you have hit the like button. And as you know, a Fantasy Football Scout, we'd love it if we can get those two numbers to be basically the same. So if you're in the live chat right now and you're finding this discussion useful, or perhaps maybe you just had a great game week, then uh, celebrate that by hitting the like button for us. It's a great way to support the channel. And if you haven't subscribed to us either, make sure you do that too. We're going to have a ton of content during the international break. And over that period it's uh, sometimes uh, easy to forget what the schedule is because it's not based around any matches or game week deadlines so the notification bell hit that as well and then that will help you uh, make sure that you don't miss a single thing that we are going to have over the next few weeks but yes over those next few weeks Ali is going to have two transfers so uh, yeah uh, did you roll the transfer for this one or did you already have two and just spend the one so let, yeah talk us through uh, transfer transfers coming into this game week and what your ideas are for game week 13 which is two weeks away now i did roll uh, my free transfer this game week uh, because uh, the only one i was thinking to uh, sell was Folden, and uh, i was thinking maybe to get bowen or but i was basically uh, outpriced uh just, just when the transfer deadline hit, I was like, I, I didn't realize he, uh, his price changed like twice this week, and uh, he went up to seven six, and I couldn't really go from Foden to Bowen, so I, I just decided to go uh, to roll my transfer and be patient a little bit because anything can happen in the international break, and um, I think with two free transfers coming into game thirteen. I believe I'll be uh, changing uh, my backline with the, with Foden, I believe. So uh, 
we'll see how it goes, but uh, hopefully not many injuries to my team during the international break. And um, we'll dis- I'll, I'll know more uh, after a couple of uh, international games. Let's see how they've, their form change. Uh, I will uh, make sure that I change some of my uh, <laughs> approach this year because it's, it's, it hasn't been working. And I think I'll be moving towards uh, players in form, regardless of the pit fixtures. So uh, Chelsea is coming into good form. I think they've been really impressive in recent tough uh, fixtures. So I think I'll be looking at the players in form like Palmer or maybe Sterling. Uh, let's see how they deliver. Yeah, I've had my eye on Chelsea for some time now. Their fixtures get really nice in game week 16, but Palmer very much is is showing that he can basically get goals against anybody. Uh, his stats have been great last few weeks, um, and he kind of just looks like the, the go-to Chelsea uh, attacking asset to own, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm not surprised you want to be um, looking at him. And so, yeah, it's midfield then that you feel that the, there's going to be the most change uh, for you, do you reckon? Um, it's it's not a rush to get rid of Son, uh, even though his uh, numbers against Wolves away wasn't uh, weren't great. Uh, we have to take into consideration that uh, Madison is a long term absentee and he will be probably out until the New Year's, and um, this might affect uh, Spurs' uh, attacking output. Uh, we'll have to monitor. Son is not a sell at the moment, but uh, we should be taking that into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, had a look, little bit of a look at that on Stats of the Day uh, this week as well, actually. The the downturn in Son's output against Wolves. And I think we've, got, we've actually got some, some extracts from the members area uh, to, we could talk about on this show as well. So um, we will actually talk about Son as a more specific issue later on in the show for anyone who's got uh, that current uh, issue. But yeah, two transfers for the international break is, is really nice to have. I unfortunately had to spend both of mine this most recent game week just because of all those injuries. So um, I'm, I'm envious of you, uh, Ali, being able to make those two changes um in the in the international break um someone else well speaking of envy um i've noticed something in the chat that i do need to read out um i'm a man that will will front up any accusation that comes my way um and fpl matty win a lot who we 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 very aware of you this season matty we know that you really enjoy our content um he says david don't start bragging again about your jammy defenders <laughs> Uh, uh, returning if it's not Anderson it's Van de Ven and now Shimakas you are just and this is now in all capitals so I I will try and say this a bit louder luck 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 Uh, no skill uh, with them defenders I hope you read this message don't worry Matty I've read it I've read it out as well so uh, what's your take there Ali Um, have I been jammy this week Uh, and or rather I'm not the only one who started Shimmercast so uh, Shimmercast starters were they jammy this week and don't don't worry about making enemies here if you want to if you want to start slinging and throwing out some metaphorical hands here you do it my friend I mean David is uh, top 40k at the moment and uh, he's picked those players that those defenders for a reason and that's uh, for me it's just good management because that's why you pick your back line uh, with rotating defenders uh, in terms of one getting injured or suspended or unavailable, uh, the other one steps in. So uh, it was a good tactics from him because uh, I don't think he has a 4.0 uh, defender. All of them are 
quite uh, I wouldn't say expensive, but they're not bench folders. So it's it's a tactic that uh, David has pursued since you know game week one, and he's kept with. I think he's kept his, his opinion, right? You you still have. Oh yeah, I've, I've got Purvis still on the bench. I'm I can't wait for him to be fit again for another twelve minutes, and then be unfit yeah. again. <laughs> Of course, there's there's element of luck in every decision that uh, goes your way. At the you know, it's easy to say in hindsight, but sometimes when you manage your team well, you have a good strategy. Uh, just uh, it's going your way, your way, and it, you cannot just say that it's a it's a jammy point or uh, <laughs> so. It's well deserved. Uh, the, the, you can always you can all, only be envious of your rank and your uh, perf- recent performances, David. So, oh, well, that's very sweet of you, my friend. The uh, the tenor is on on route to Azerbaijan right now. Thank you very much uh, for your very <laughs> kind words. I promise that wasn't the plan. Um, <laughs> but but the thing is, I will put my hands up and say I have I have been lucky at points this season. I I will completely appreciate that. Um, there is always an element of luck. Um, for sure, um, and yeah, thank you, Matty, for your question. It, it, we kind of enjoy this kind of these kind of questions, an opportunity to roll our sleeves up and really uh, talk about some of the, the broader issues uh, at large as well. Um, so yeah, thanks, Matty, for that. Um, and if you've got any other comments, put them in the chat. We're very happy to uh, to, to, to engage with those. Um, just to, just to finish off on our team specifically, what my plans are um for the international break i want to try and roll my transfers if i can um and so i've actually got uh, my current bus team but i'm probably not going to be able to and so at the moment what my team looks like is johnston obviously stays in goal um doubling down on the palace defense against luton if i'm not going to do it then when else will i so I just have to keep the faith with uh, the eagles um I'm hoping a Stupinam will be fit again by the end of the international break, but I'm but I'm not too sure. So I've substituted him into the team so that if he's fit and we know he's going to start, I'd like to start him against Forrest. If not, I will have to sell him. So then that's why he's in the team. Uh, the same with Van de Ven. Um, I'm probably going to have to sell both of them, may have to take a hit. And the reason why is my defence outside of that not looking great. So cash is away at Spurs. And as you mentioned earlier, Ali, Aston Villa seemingly forgotten how to keep clean sheets now. And as much as Simicast has rewarded me uh, for sort of accidental faith this week, uh, away at Man City, I really don't want to start him. That, of course, is the ongoing advantage of him as an asset because he is a lot more benchable than if you had Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example. It'd be harder to bench him for a City game. Uh, so yeah, I want them on my bench. So it will be somewhat dependent on the Stupinan. I think Van de Ven is a guaranteed sell. Um, and in terms of who I replace him with, hard to say. I um, have liked Arsenal defence, uh, but of course they're away at Brentford. Uh, I have of historically liked Newcastle defence, but they seem to be suffering with their injuries now if they're conceding two goals away at Bournemouth. So yeah, um, it's it's a tricky one. I don't know entirely what I'm going to do. Like you said, Ali, I think it's a case of let's just see what the international break brings. The only thing that I've actually got my eye on next week, we should let's just talk about game week 13 captaincy. Actually, I've got my captain armband currently on Bowen, and the reason why is because we've got City and Liverpool facing each other. Um, now I made this bus team before today's games, where you know Salah and Haaland have both scored big points in big games. I think we can we think we can say Brentford now constitute, you know, a big game. It's not of the magnitude of um Man City versus Chelsea, of course, but we can see that maybe Salah and Haaland are becoming fixture proof again. And if that's the case, do we go with them? Or do we need to look at other options? So 
as I said, I've got I've got Bowen as my current uh, bus team captain. I'll just have a look who uh, you've got. You you've got Harland, so you probably have perhaps already voted with your armband. But it's an interesting discussion the game week thirteen captaincy. So what's your early thoughts on that? Um, it's a it's a home fixture for City, and I think this game will always be bringing goals. I mean, uh, I, I see two or three goals in a game, and uh, it's it just like with Chelsea. I mean, it, it will be back and forth attacking game. So I don't think both defend the defenses of them done their you know their teams proud. <laughs> and uh, uh, in a big game, I think it will be two or three goals for either side and. Uh, Holland at home is always a good shout. Um, if I bring someone else worthy of a captaincy, I think uh, overall that game week, uh, game week thirteen is uh, quite tough to predict because of the fixtures. You don't you don't see many teams playing you know um, obvious oppositions that you can bet against. But um, for me, it just uh, it's a good fixture. Uh, it, it will. Be a lot of goals in that in that game, and Holland is is a safe bet. But in my case, I think I might reconsider because uh, I have to catch up uh, with my rank, and uh, I cannot just captain Holland and Salah every game. We can expect uh, you know climb up in the rankings. So um, Son is a good option as well, but. Uh, it's it's yet to see we're yet to see how to, he performs uh, without medicine and uh, I think Postecoglou will still keep playing attacking football but I'm not sure how well uh, it will deliver. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? Um, and the early signs are not encouraging on on that in particular, which we'll, we'll have a look at in just a second. And you're absolutely right. It's a really fiddly game week for fixtures because um, the team with the best fixture is Crystal Palace. They're away at Luton. This is according to the Fantasy Football Scout season ticker for the game week, uh, by the way. Uh, so, you know, maybe we captain Sam Johnston or Joaquin Anderson or Gay, but obviously that's not really the kind of thing we would normally do. Um, in the words of, uh, you know, Black Panther, we... We don't do that here, um, captain and defenders. Not after, not after Shane Duffy. Um, Eze is probably a shout if you've got him, but at the same time, he's recently back from an injury, so who knows? So you know, the easiest fixture is not in the hands of a team that we necessarily trust for loads of attacking returns. Um, Bournemouth and Sheffield United play each other, so it's like, oh, you know, it's a game week where not only do Liverpool and City cancel each other out so do Sheffield United and Bournemouth because you would happily captain anyone who's playing in those teams most of the time. You know, game week uh, 12 win over Newcastle notwithstanding. Um, so that's annoying that they cover each other off. Um, and to be honest, I look, at the, I look at the Burnley game away at Burnley for West Ham, I think is probably the best balance of a good fixture and a form player. Um, Burnley are actually even worse at home than they are away from home. Interestingly enough, they it's almost like they've been watching our content we've been kind of uh having a go at them this season for the fact that they seem to um just they just don't know how to play against big teams they have been trying to play possession based football against the best teams in the league and that worked for them in the championship because they were technically gifted the best team in that division but that's not the case anymore hasn't worked out for them However, against Arsenal, it looks as if they have maybe started to try and shift more towards sticking everyone behind the ball, maybe in the away games against the big clubs. And that's where it starts, really. That's where we need to see them try it. And, and it was not unsuccessful for the first 45 minutes. And then, of course, Arsenal got the goal and then went on to win the game. 
I don't think they're going to try that approach at home, though. That's why they're worse at home, because they try and play football a bit more. They lose possession. They expose themselves, leave more space. So I think away at Burnley is better than being at home against Burnley. So that that's sort of the my mini case for a Burnley captaincy at the moment. Uh, I don't know what you think. What I've taken from Arsenal-Burnley game is that Burnley were just really, really poor at the set pieces, defending set pieces. Uh, maybe it's Trafford, a little bit young or uh, inexperienced in terms of defending his box. Uh, but Arsenal was a really, really strong threat uh, on set pieces and West Ham don't get me wrong it's one of the teams that always scores uh, goals from the corner kicks and uh, from other set pieces because they have a good uh, technical players that can deliver the ball in the box and as well as the players that can hit the ball uh, and I think there will be uh, Burnley will be struggling defending their set pieces in that game and uh, uh, if uh, I believe Bowen in some of the uh, corners as well, or so when you can you can if Kurt Zuma is uh, uh, fit to play that in that game, you can even bet uh, for a short term punt from, in one of the uh, maybe Socek, maybe any any player who can be you know threat from set pieces. Yeah, I agree. I think that's going to be a good one uh, for the and there's because there's a few people out there with some kind of uh, West Ham investment uh, investment in the West Ham set pieces uh, for sure. So yeah, I think that's going to be a good fixture for next time, uh, and we'll just see how my resolve lasts over the international break. Will I captain Bowen for that one? I kind of hope that I end up doing it because it kind of feels different enough, um, and it's the it's the advantage of when you're at a certain rank bracket, you can take some of those risks and have a bit of fun. So that's what I'm going to. That's what that's what I hope I do. But we'll see how brave I am. Let's move on to uh, some of our specific um, uh, sort of game analyses now. Um, we promised a bit of talk about Liverpool. Uh, and so we have already talked about Shimikas from a perspective of sort of the tactics of FPL and I guess the tactics of psychology of how we deal with the fact if we've maybe benched him or maybe started him um, out, of, uh, out of luck. Um, you know, for example. Um, but we have some stats from how what his involvement was in the game. So, um, yeah, do you want to talk us through what we, what we spotted from the Greek left-back today in that 3-0 win against Brentford, where he, of course, got himself a double-digit haul? So, basically, um, he had two uh, assists in the game uh, with the bonus points, and the expected assists from open play was 0. 0.15. Expected assists overall was 0. Point thirty-three, and uh, they're not high numbers. Uh, if you if you think that it was some kind of a Timikas masterclass in the game, the numbers uh, tell otherwise. Because um, I mean, Timikas is a is a good player. He's always attacking when he plays for Liverpool, but um, his attacking output and underlying stats weren't that great in that game. Um, <clears throat> XG is basically non-existent, so we didn't take any shots, um, no shots on target. So uh, basically, if he keeps playing um, for a Liverpool team, he keeps starting at home, I think he has a good chance of keeping a... He's ceiling almost around six or seven points, uh, but... Uh, in terms of uh, attacking potential, I don't think we'll get many uh, double-digit holes like in this game. 
Mm. Yeah, that's right. I and mean, that was that was the view that I'd seen from people who had actually been at the game. They 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 felt that actually, um, he, yeah, as you say, it wasn't a masterclass. We don't need to put him in the same conversation as your Kieran Trippiers and your Trent Alexander Arnolds just yet. So yeah, save your comparisons with those players uh, for now. Um, and as you say, the XG is not particularly high. And the thing is, the the expected data shows that he. We, I think you still get what you pay for with him. You know, his price is 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 a good price. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But, you know, it's a case of when we manage expectations around this player, I think we all knew when we bought him, he is simply just, you know, um, temporary sort of, you know, maternity cover until, um, you know, Andrew Robertson's had his baby, sort of. Um, it's, well, rather, he's had his shoulder back. You know, it's a temporary thing. It's a temporary thing. And... Um, we knew that there wasn't going to be much attacking threat. And so we were kind of, what, hoping for sixes and sevens. Um, and, well, unfortunately, um, for those who bench Shimikas, Brentford were at sixes and sevens today, and it was Shimikas who pounced on it. But, yeah, um, not big numbers. So don't, don't worry. It's, it's a bit of a reiteration of what we said earlier on, but the statistics from the game uh, do encapsulate the idea that, yeah, he is not necessarily going to do this every week which is always important to know stops us knee jerking too much which is really sensible when it comes to FPL um, let's stick with Liverpool now and have a look at Salah now now we've talked a little bit about um, you know a possibility of captaining Haaland in game week 13 Salah probably also in the conversation I mean not only did City score four goals against a particularly mean Chelsea defence well that particularly mean Man City defence also gave up four goals as well I can't remember the last time I saw Man City concede four goals of course, the next one is going to be the Etihad Stadium, where it's a very different environment for their players. But Liverpool scoring goals, and so is Salah. So people are going to be very interested to see how he performed in this one, uh, the Egyptian. So yeah, talk us through what you spotted there in that area um, of the game. In terms of uh, XG, he accumulated 0.94. Uh, so he basically overperformed his XG uh, with you know one whole goal. Uh, this is uh, a regular picture that we see with Salah. Sometimes he's not existent in the game. He still ends up uh, hauling uh, with a goal and assist or with a brace, uh, just like in this game. But um, I think he's always a good uh, shout. Uh, Salah is, a, you know, he's on penalties. He's a he's a solid pick in any game, uh, regardless of fixtures. Um, in terms of uh, underlying data, where it's not bad, uh, it's not high rocketing as we used to in previous seasons, but uh, I think he has a good chance of uh, keeping up with the numbers. So, uh, if I would I pick him for a captaincy, I'm not sure because uh, if you compare head to head Holland and um, Salah, I think Holland edges it slightly, um, and I would just if picking between two, I would go for Holland. Hmm. I mean, being at home certainly um, has an impact there. Um, not that I necessarily think Salah is, is un- incapable of scoring away from home or at the Etihad Stadium, but um, yeah, it's it yeah, it's just a place where Haaland is, is obviously uh, very very effective. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just actually trying to pull up some Salah versus Haaland comparisons, which I'll, I'll read out rather than stick on the screen. While I'm just looking for that, I was also going to stick on your heat map of Salah versus Nunez. Now, in a way, we probably have to extract 
um, the Man City game from this um, discussion. But of course, you know, with the way that teams are at the moment, there are some people that have gone without Salah. There has been a Salah versus Nunez discussion uh, for several weeks. Um, I think most people know uh, what the what the eventual answer to that debate has been. And I think this heat map really just helps drill home the comparison between which one of these two players is, is the more important one to own. And, and certainly, of course, more captainable as well. So yeah, talk us through these, these, these really nice touch heat maps from the scout members area. So basically, uh, Darwin had two goals disallowed in this game and uh, one was really, really close. Like the offside was caught by a, thing, a toe and it was just centimeters away from a goal. And uh, uh, it's it's the VAR decisions. We're not here to talk about uh, refereeing, but sometimes you just, as a fan, you wanna you wanna see a goal and you wanna see a goal counted, and uh, that goal is just harsh to disallow because uh, it's just centimeters away from uh, from a goal. So it's uh, with Darwin. We know he's an extreme monster. He will be. You know, accumulating a lot. So I, I decided to uh, take a look at the. Maybe it's a good idea to take a look at the heat map because sometimes we're not. Uh, you could see that the work rate of Darwin is really, really, uh, you know, high up there because he's uh, always active. He's making those runs and he's basically a threat from through the middle. Uh, with Salah, we could see that uh, with so many players, uh, with so many attacking-minded players in the team, I think Salah is more limited to his right uh, wing. And uh, nothing to say that he's not a threat there. He scored a brace from coming in in the flank. And uh, it just goes to show you that uh, we've seen in previous years, we've seen Salah all over the pitch. And uh, with so many good attacking players at the moment, I don't think Salah has a freedom to move uh, to the left wing or to go through the middle at the moment. Maybe it's tactical, but uh, I think Darwin, in upcoming weeks, I think those chances will be converting to uh, you know returns. So um, I would, uh, if, if I had to predict something, I think the goals are coming for Darwin because he cannot keep... You know, uh, missing chances or having his goals disallowed with the, you know, centimeters of offside. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's it's harsh uh, as a Darwin owner at the moment. Mm, yeah, or to quote Breaking Bad, he can't keep getting away with this. That's that's the problem. If you're owning him, you're just like, oh. Um, and the fixtures are going to be getting really nice to them. I mean, as much as game week 13 is is a, is a tough one for them, especially for the captaincy. Fulham at home in game week 14. I mean, whoa. That's uh, that's that's a spicy meatball if ever I saw one in terms of a fixture opportunity. Double Liverpool for attack for that one could be amazing. And then game week 15 away at Sheffield United. So those two fixtures stand out massively. And yeah, I mean, looking at those fixtures in particular um, and just comparing them with Aston Villa, actually, um, who have Spurs away, Bournemouth away, admittedly, but then also Man City at home, Arsenal at home, Brentford away between now and game week 17. I mean, Watkins to Nunez so that you can get Fulham at home and Sheffield United away back to back could be really, really, really tasty. So, yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on that. And yeah, yeah, good observation there. Um, I mean, we talk about stats a lot and it's also really, really good to talk about 
uh, things in the game that stats can't quantify. We always have to be aware of what the limitations of stats are. And you've you've actually touched on some there. And it's uh, an issue we often used to see with Jamie Vardy. Now, he was considered to be a stat buster at times. You know, would sometimes statistically have one official Opta-defined shot in a game. But Opta does not officially collect and then publish the shots that he the well, anybody takes after they've been found to be offside and put in the back of the net or of course there's no way you can quantify those moments when he makes a run and the players don't spot him and that that was when he was at his most dangerous was when you had some people going oh he only has one shot a game don't need to worry about him it's like no no no. watch the games and look at the way he moves towards the ball or moves towards the space how often are his teammates finding him is or his teammates not finding him and the manager standing there on the touchline clapping his hands together and jumping up and down and pulling what hair he's got left out of his head saying pass the ball now because it's not gonna you know it's gonna be offside or you're gonna miss the opportunity all those kind of things as you've mentioned there there are a couple of those things with Nunez that aren't going to come up in the numbers so yeah it's definitely worth talking about that well we will return to data though if that's okay for the eye test purists out there because we are going to talk now about son promised a bit of uh, discussion around him uh without madison it's not a good start is the spoiler alert for this uh, section um he had just one shot i think it was against wolves um, which is you know way below his usual averages for the season i actually did a comparison this morning when i was looking at spurs before and after the Madison injury. So game weeks 1 to 11, um, Spurs were averaging 16.9 shots per game. Uh, 13.3 of them were in the box. Um, 6.1 of them were on target. In the Wolves game, just six shots on goal. Um, only um, one was inside the box. Uh, and uh, two were on target. A huge drop-off. It's nuts how in one game against Wolves, not even like an amazing team, just a team they could have beaten. Huge drop off. So yeah, what was the what was the impact on on the XG for for Son for this game? Um, I think <clears throat> let's not uh, underestimate the Bulls fixture uh, away because uh, they've scored nearly in, in, in every single one of the home games, and uh, they're always a threat attacking wise, and uh, they're pretty solid. I mean, they the. Uh, I've, in my article for Fantasy Football Scout, I think I, I believe I've mentioned Wolves as, as one of the top fixtures if if they're playing at home, and um, for the oppositions uh, in terms of uh, you know attacking potential as well as uh, defensive uh, output, I think Wolves is a you know fairly tough fixture because uh, they always score. They've failed to score in only one of the uh, opening thirteen games. And um, um, I think they've shown it once again uh, with a great result against very, very good uh, Spurs team. Uh, with Son, I think we'll have to monitor him uh, for a couple of more game weeks before we start thinking of selling him because uh, we remember back, back in the days, even when uh, Spurs were in bad form, I think Son and Kane were the ones scoring goals. And um, we can basically knowing his uh, abilities and qualities, I think uh, he can always come off uh, even when the team doesn't perform well. Uh, so it's it's humming son. Uh, I mean, his his xG stats are just non-existent in that non-existent in that game. But uh, he's always been known for uh, scoring for a low from low xG. That's fair, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, he is is a world class player, and uh, the thing is, he also is a bit of an enigma when it comes to stats this season, or at least he was because he was uh, doing quite well against the teams that like weren't allowing many chances. You know, he he does well against teams that. Um, you get a lot of teams in the Premier League that don't give up many chances because they keep a lot of the ball. Uh, and so then in most of their games, they don't concede many big chances. So they look like on the surface, a relatively difficult to score against defence. But if you are sort of aware of the fact that that's coming from possession rather than them necessarily limiting their opposition to chances from a defensive skill point, um, yeah, it can sometimes perhaps make, make you misjudge where Son's going to get his returns from. And so he does well against those teams because when they are playing possession football, they leave a lot of space. He operates very well in that space. So certainly Son, it's not, this is not, it won't be the first time that we're, that people are going to sit here and say, yeah, uh, it's not just about numbers for Son. It's worth being aware of them. As you said, monitor is the key word here. Let's see if we, if we had like 10 games in a row where let's say, let's say Madison's out of 10 games and across that 10 game run, Son has barely any XG each time and hardly any shots. Then by then we'll have the conclusion that Son without Madison not going to work. Uh, but for now, um, yeah, let's let's just see how we go. Um, I, I would be nervous selling Son. I mean, I may I may well I may may well be the kind of person who would do it. I just I don't have him, so in a way it's kind of hypothetical. But I can certainly understand the logic of, of holding on to him uh, based on what we know he's done uh, in the past. But speaking of players who have done things in the past and are very much on the chopping block of people, another one of those is Ollie Watkins. And we've got the XG numbers for him on the screen from the most recent game. Um, some comparisons with Nunez, you know, possible uh, jumping off, jumping on point between those two players next couple of weeks. Uh, where do you stand on Watkins? Of course, you are uh, an owner of the former Exeter City and Brent, uh, Brentford man. What are your thoughts uh, with him? He's missed a couple of big chances this uh, game. He scored one, but it was a, an easy uh, cross from uh, Leon Bailey. And you could have just, you know, it was a sim- not as simple, but it was a tap-in. So um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Watkins, uh, even though sometimes he go, goes off with the 16, 17 points. Uh, but I have him just because he's high ownership and... Uh, uh, ahead of good fixtures, I had to bring him in on my wild card because he's over 40% on and every point he scored is just against you. And uh, some in some game weeks, he was a good captaincy shout as well, like last game week. And <clears throat> for me at the moment, uh, he's just too expensive to... Uh, uh, he's 8.4 million and I don't think that's enough uh, for a player that scores an occasional goal. And uh, looking elsewhere, I think Villa has um, two away fixtures. One is Spurs and then Bournemouth and then City and Arsenal at home, which aren't great fixtures. I don't think uh, it's a must. I mean, you can, it's it's up to you. But for me, it's, uh, I would strongly consider switching Watkins to someone else because He's often just uh, underperforming his XG and uh, sometimes he needs two or three chances to score one goal. Uh, That's the main argument for me uh, to sell him, but uh, you you always have some other fires to put out. And uh, if I I don't have any uh, burning issues, I think uh, Watkins will be on chopping block for me. Yeah, I think uh, it's got to be... If I had Watkins, I think it's got to be game week 15 where you'd maybe look 
to sell. And I, I, I think I can uh, join this debate uh, with a little bit of a stake in it because I've got Diaby. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, they're different types of players. Uh, I've been not unhappy with Diaby. He's, un- he's underperformed against my expectations. Whether or not he's underperformed against his XG, I don't actually have that information to hand right now. So I don't want to uh, um, give an opinion on that specifically. But the fixtures have been, have been good of late. The um, returns have been not insignificant. So I'll take them. Uh, and I look at the next few weeks and I think it's got to be 15 because actually the away game against Spurs, I was worried about, but I'm less worried now because, you know, I think that with uh, losing Madison, not only does it hinder their attack, sometimes when you lose that creative player, it, it, you end up relinquishing actually an element of control over the game. And so then it means that sometimes it hurts your defense as much as it hurts your attack to not have the uh, ability to you know capitalize on the chances that you get uh, of course they've got a couple of suspensions and injuries in defense as well so they're not at their best right now spurs and so i think i think you have to give watkins and and of course drb who i've got every chance to play 13 especially with 14 being away at bournemouth um bournemouth uh, yeah they have pulled off a really great result against newcastle but so far this season the just the, the stats both across the whole campaign but also win the sort of last four or five matches do do put Bournemouth as one of the most obliging defences in, in the Premier League. So I think you have to give him that one. And then, of course, Man City, Arsenal, Brentford, 15-17. to 17. That's the tricky one. Perhaps the only spanner in the works, which I'm going to get your opinion on quickly and then before we finish, because uh, I appreciate it. it's getting very late your, on your part of the planet. Um, game week 18, when a lot of us could be short of players if we want to go without playing the free hit then. So that means no Man City players, no Brentford players. Aston Villa have the best fixture that game week. They're at home to Sheffield United. Um, arguably, captainable. Because Liverpool, in game week 18, they can't cover Haaland. Uh, Salah can't really cover him for the captaincy because Liverpool actually host Arsenal. So that's a tricky one. So in that particular game week, arguably the best fixtures are, yeah, Villa at home to Sheffield United. And I think uh, Newcastle have a good fixture that week. Yeah, Newcastle away at Luton. So it's really annoying because you've got three really awful games for Villa, but then they could be, they could be the game save, they could be the game week saving investment in that blank game week if you want to go without the free hit. So yeah, I mean it's sort of long term strategy, but we need to start thinking about eighteen. It's coming up soon. Yeah, it's coming up soon, and uh, I think it's uh, it's right in the Christmas time, right? Uh, was it? Saturday, 23rd of December. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. it's right before the Christmas Eve. And uh, I think we even have a game. Uh, Wolves and Chelsea plays on 24th. So, so <laughs> it's an interesting timing for uh, Boxing Day. Very and uh, that game week is, uh, I see Tottenham against Everton. It's not a bad fixture for Son if they keep up uh, playing well. Uh, Newcastle is a good fixture, but yes, of course, uh, Villa at home for Sheffield United. Uh, the the issue I have with uh, Watkins is that uh, most of the goals that Villa score coming from midfield, whether it's Diaby or McGinn, McGinn has been uh, you know valuable asset for his price tag, and uh, as well as Leon Bailey, every time he comes on, he's he's either scoring or assisting. So it's uh, the points are well spread around that Aston Villa team. And I'm not sure that 8.4 million justifies the uh, his output currently. So uh, even though it is a good 
option for a captaincy option. But I would consider someone else because he's not on penalties. He's a 90-minute man, but uh, you never know with him. Yeah, that's true. The time between now and then could perhaps allow you to be invested in Villa in time for 18, but maybe in a different part of their team. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned there, midfield, it could be uh, the way to go. I think we'll wrap it up there um, because, yeah, I think we've got through uh, all of the things we wanted to talk about. Um, one last reminder, of course, to uh, sign up to Fantasy Football Scout membership. If you enjoyed some of those stats and tables and heat maps and all those kind of things, they were from the membership area. And so if you want access to that in a much more interactive sense, uh, giving you the opportunity to sort of play around with it yourself, and of course the other advantage and there are some people in chat who perhaps would maybe enjoy this you don't have to listen to me talk about it on a video it means you can just go and find it yourself I've, I've, as far as I'm concerned that is, that's what you pay for you pay to just take me out of the equation and you can just get this information yourself uh, it's really really useful and the international break is a great time to do it as well because yeah you'll have lots of time to uh, to go uh, over it um, if you've enjoyed this video of course please don't forget to, uh, to hit the like button on YouTube uh, as well and subscribe to the channel hit that bell notification um, yeah I think that's all the piece of housekeeping basically you've got to get out there get your membership hit all the youtube buttons bish bash bosh you're sorted ready for game week 13 that's all you need uh to do anything you'd like to add uh, to uh to the guys before we head off uh, ali and before you probably head off to bed <laughs> no enjoy your break uh do some research before you or maybe take a break from fpl because uh not many of us are playing well and doing well at just like you, David. So uh, <laughs> I'll advise to take a break from a game and uh, maybe get back to some, you know, fantasy football scout stats and uh, you know tinker a little bit before the start of the game week thirteen. Mm. Yeah, sounds like a good plan indeed. Well, with that, we shall leave you fine folks to enjoy uh, the international break and your preparation for game week thirteen, and we shall see you next time.